Hello and welcome to So What's the Problem, a podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they are problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing The Terminator, which was released in the US on 26th of October 1984, in the UK on January 11th, 1985, and Ireland January 25th, 1985. It was written by James Cameron and Gail Ann Hurd and directed by Cameron. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Michael Bien, uh, Lance Henriksen, and Paul Winfield. Did I say that name right? That, this is the second time we've had him on the show. So you, <laughs> you think you'd be able to say his name after asking me the last time, Jen? <laughs> I think it's just Bean. I think Bean. it's just Bean. Okay. I think he's Mr. Bean. Uh, my friend asked me why I put UK and Ireland on. Mm-hmm the thing and the answer to that to anyone who's wondering is because sometimes UK and Ireland don't get films at the same time and this is case in point Ireland got it two weeks after the UK rest of the, well not the rest of the UK the UK um, and um, we got it what three months after U- the US so for the older films like in the 80s and 90s the time difference was sometimes really crazy so that's why I'm including that just to point that out because it's interesting to me. Right, so what's going to happen is this. Jen and I thought of three problems this movie has. Probably, maybe, possibly, hopefully. That's the whole point of the podcast. Um, and then we're going to have a little discussion about them. And then we'll think of a positive this, of this movie and discuss that. So Jen, what is your um, history with The Terminator? Um, I did not watch it as a kid like everyone mm. else. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't really see many action movies at all as a child. And I didn't see it until I was probably like 26. Hmm. I I saw it within a year before Terminator Salvation came out because I was going through this phase where I was trying to watch like all these different series I didn't watch as a kid. Like I watched all the Alien movies. I watched the Indiana Jones movies. And I watched the first three Terminators. And I just remember Salvation came out shortly after. And I was like super into it (laughs) like i i had never really cared about watching terminator and in fact my first terminator experience was sarah connor chronicles yeah um but i watched it and then especially you know terminator 2 i was like oh this is awesome i also happen to be a fan of the two most recent sequels which okay makes me a bit of a loner but i really like them a lot um and this was my second time watching it i have only seen each terminator movie once okay uh what about now you? you've seen this twice yeah so and I, I well and i tried to get my husband to watch it with me last night i was like hey you want to watch terminator assuming he would say yes and he mm-hmm. was like you know what i think i've seen it so many times in my life i don't need to <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I watched it in the 80s i can't exactly tell you when the first time i watched it was but i watched it in the 80s i think i saw it on a TV version, so possibly 87, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I love this movie. Uh, it's one of my favourite um, movies, and I just wanted to talk about it, so that's why it's on the, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was a terrible pick. <laughs> it was a terrible pick. 
It yes. was a terrible pick. I'm it was sitting a terrible there, pick. It was getting towards the end, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to do a Facebook post asking people for problems with this. Like, I'm going to have to cheat. I'm going to have to take somebody else's answers <laughs> because I friggin' love this movie. That's great. And it's, you know, it was one of those things where I realize now I maybe should have been worried because... You know, when you watch older movies, like especially movies from the 80s, like and you haven't seen them until, you know, the 2000s or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't usually hold up very well. Mm-hmm. And and when I saw this, I fell in love with it. And it occurs to me now I should have been worried that I had like I liked it so much because I was afraid it was going to suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that when that happens to me, usually the second viewing is terrible. Right. <laughs> but no, Terminator is just good. And uh, I will... I will go to my grave saying that uh, what's her face? That Targaryen gal from uh, Game of Thrones was a good match for Linda Hamilton in the most recent sequel. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I see your face, but I enjoyed it. Uh, No, sorry. I hated it. I I didn't like that. Well, you see, I grew up with it. So just the... Was it Sam Worthington played um, Kyle Reese in that? Well, Recent no, one. that's in Salvation. All right, who's the other guy then? It's another Australian dude. I don't remember. Anyway, he was he was too, like, big and muscular, and he that's not what Kyle Reese is supposed to be, you know. And it was just, oh, I, that's not. We're not talking about that. We should have talked about that. <laughs> I I can't talk about Terminator without just putting it out there that I no no that's fair enjoyed. enough. I enjoyed the one that came out last year, and I enjoyed Genesis. I don't like Genesis, but I didn't mind the Dark Fate. I didn't mind that one. I didn't love and it. I, but... I well, first of all, I love just watching Linda Hamilton be a badass, mm-hmm. and like it was weird watching this and being like, "Oh wait, she's not immediately a badass." Um, and I also really love the show Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, no, that was a good show. That was a really good. Show. Um, um, see, I'm actually in the. I don't know how exclusive this club is, but I'm in the I think the Terminator is the best movie of the lot club because I think this one and I'll get into it later, but I think this one is better sort of it's more tight than say mm-hmm. Terminator two, which goes for about two hours and fifteen minutes and it rambles a teeny little bit. Um, well, so speaking of rambling, yeah. I'm going to be talking about that later, right. so we can get into yes. that more later. <laughs> and um, and also, I'm a horror movie fan, and this is a slasher mm-hmm. movie. So yeah. <laughs> I I forgot that too. Mm. I forgot that that's kind of the tone. Yeah, and that she is a final girl who gets to have sex exactly, and doesn't die because of it. Not yeah. not until one of the sequels, and then not. So right, she's alive. One thing that's really fun about the sequels is that, like, you can really pick and choose what you watch. Like, I'm a fan of, you know, if I like a series, like, watching the whole thing, and there's usually going to be one, like, bad or mediocre one in there mm-hmm. if you're watching. So, you know what I mean? Like, because um, sometimes I'm not in the mood to watch Scream 3, even though I do like it. But oh, I hate Scream 3. <laughs> um, and with Terminator, if you were like, you know what? I just, like... One, two, and five. You could do that. Mm-hmm. You can skip any of the ones after Terminator 2 that you want, and it's fine. In fact, with um, Genesis, you could just do one in Genesis. It's kind of fun mm. to pick and choose what you watch. I would just watch one and two. 
I know you would. Um, but I didn't mind Dark Fate at all. I didn't hate it. It had some really good moments, some good action, and it was back to the R rate, which was good. Um, you know, Terminator 3, since we haven't spoke about it, let's talk a, a teeny wee bit about Terminator 3. That was rated R in the US, right? But in the UK... I think. Yeah, yeah it was. It was the last R-rated one before. It was Then the next two were PG-13, and then Dark Fate was R. But that movie was so tame, according to the British censors, that it was given a 12 certificate. <laughs> so it's rated R in the US and it's rated 12 over here so children under the age of 12 can go and see it with a parent in the cinemas so that's how wow. that's how weak that movie is <laughs> but that the ending of that's quite good though um, the ending to Terminator 3 is good but the rest of the movie stinks right so uh, it's problem time and I have actually come up with some problems Jen I hope you have too I have I I I found I I squeezed a few problems out. Did you did you post on Facebook asking for problems or? No, no, because I came up with my three. Yeah, that's good. Um, I I I don't want to have to lean on other people. I don't remember what it is, but there was another episode where I did have to go to Facebook and be like, "You guys, what's the problem with this one?" <laughs> but did you did I you ask Ellen? No, um, <laughs> actually, so I thought I might need to. I woke him up after I was done watching it, and he was like, did you watch the movie? Were you able to find problems? And I was like, yeah, 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 I found them, and I told him what they were. And then I drove him crazy. Like, he hasn't even gotten out of bed yet, hasn't had coffee. He is still in yeah. bed. Lights are still out. He's still waking up. And I am, once again, this always happens if we watch like this or Back to the Future. I am asking him so many questions like, okay, so if Kyle Reese went back and then he's John Connor's father, like, they've established that you can change the past in these movies, but does, but like, that means that he was always his father. Right. And like, <laughs> Dylan just time travel hurts my brain. That was actually almost one of my problems. I have trouble with time travel yeah. and cause your thoughts go in a loop. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't like to think about it or talk about it because it'll just get too intense and I don't know when to stop. I like, I can't stop talking mm -hmm. about it. So those, instead of, you know, having to talk about problems, I like, I think his biggest problem with the movie is that it makes me go wake him up and say, <laughs> let's talk about time travel. I don't understand things. Right. Well, let me say this about the time travel bit then, right? See, when it comes to the Terminator movies, Jen, forget about three, four and five, because when one and two were made, you couldn't change anything. So that's, that's the logic I go by. The, the change in time thing happened later on. But it hurts my brain, I know, the idea. Just ignore it. Kyle, John Connor in the future, in the very first timeline ever, or I guess it's the only timeline, has, in the future, John Connor has sent Kyle Reese back. I, you, I think you understand the problem here. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, <laughs> I can't get started. Right, but, and one and two... Um, uh, Kyle Reese doesn't know, and I think Salvation, aye, obviously because he's younger than Salvation, but Kyle Reese, no, John Connor doesn't know that um, Kyle Reese is his dad in 1 and 2 obviously he he's a he's not even born in 1, but in 2 he doesn't really know that his dad is 
Yeah, but when he sends Kyle Reese back, he knows. Yeah, but right? that's later. That's that's retcon. Yeah, no. So I'm I'm but... only going by the logic of the first two. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm taking that. For, like I I thought in the first one that because at the end she she's at the end of this one she's pondering whether or not to tell John about her father, his father, her father. That yeah. wouldn't matter. Um, his father, uh, and I don't think she does. She she tells him no, bits, she... but he doesn't know that he came from the future. Yeah, but doesn't she say that if she doesn't tell him, what if he doesn't send him? Yeah, but I, and. In Terminator 2, he's having a discussion with the Terminator, and he says, I don't know much about my father. Yeah, but going off the last <laughs> scene in Terminator, it sounds like she's going to tell him. Just because she hasn't told him in Terminator 2 doesn't mean she's not going to tell him later in life. That's true. I assume she tells him when he's, like, older. That's true, but fuck 3, 4, and 5. And, and, then, he, and then he sends... <laughs> I'm only going off the first two. Okay, no, I'm no. not talking about the other. No, ones. but you're speculating something that happened after two. No, but I, my speculations are based on what I saw in one and two. Because in three, he's he doesn't mention Kyle Reese either. He doesn't mention yeah, that. So I'm ignoring. I'm only talking about Terminator. No, 1 I know, and 2. I know that. I understand he... that. But what I'm saying is because Terminator three is still John Connor, and um, uh, Sarah Connor is dead, then you would think that that would be mentioned. I can't. Yeah, but I thought we were ignoring the right, other sequels. Okay, right, that includes fair three. enough. Okay, that, that's like, we'll ignore that. But <laughs> you can't tell me to ignore four and five and then start referencing three. No, fair enough. But three was supposed to be like an actual continuation of two, and then they reset it with Genesis. But yeah, you're right. Going off of two, we don't know what happens after that, and she might have told them after that. Yeah, see, that's that's what I've always gone off of based on, I mean, really based on the first two. Because I'm fine if you're like, we're not, we're going to ignore everything Aye. else. That's that's fine to me because, I mean, I, I do recognize that um, while other ones may have had James Cameron's blessing, the first two are, I'm like, they're the real mm-hmm. ones, right? Like, they're the James Cameron ones. Um, before he just got really just lame with his movies. Um because who needs 50 Avatar sequels? Who's like, man, when's that Avatar sequel getting here? I can't wait. I know. Anyway, I shouldn't get And the next on one. Avatar. And the next one. And the next one. God. Ugh. Anyway. Um, whatever. I think, I believe John Connor knew, mm-hmm. based on information I'm given in the first two movies, okay. that Kyle Reese is his father. Right. And so he sends Kyle Reese to go have sex with his mom. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. <laughs> it's not one of my problems, but it's but weird. That's, we should get into the problems. We should, actually. But that's why I think that he doesn't know, because I don't want to think about that. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the thing is, like, there was a period of time where I was really kind of grossed out by that. But it's, I mean, it's why he exists. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, like as an like as I got older, and not even an adult, but just like even late in my teens, like you know, you know how like people, and I, I was gonna say kids, but it's literally grown ass adults do this too, where it's like, oh, my parents never had sex, I can't imagine them ever having sex, and it's like, well, I mean, it's but it's true, they mm-hmm. did, they had you, like if you are their biological child, 
they had sex and let's not pretend like you don't have to think about the act when you talk about it. No, you don't have to know anything personal about them. But it is a it is just a scientific fact <laughs> or a biological fact, whatever, that like As though they had sex right. to make you. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel as gross because it's just like, well, this is the thing that had to happen for you to exist. Yeah. Like, it's important. John Connor exists. And and am I am I mistaken that in other iterations it's like Kyle Reese was his best friend? Am I? I think. Am I mistaken? I think they're they're supposed to be close later on, yeah. Because I I feel I had it in my head that they had been best friends, but that's not the story in this movie at all. And like I said, I've seen every Terminator thing once, mm-hmm. <laughs> so and my memory isn't great, so I have no idea where I got it in my head that they were best friends. Well, I think Salvation. That's the meat. Really, in Salvation, don't they? He's played. He's played by Anton Yelchin in that one. Oh, I know. <laughs> I forgot about that. I know. It's sad, isn't it? Thinking that he's yeah. no longer with us. Anyway, problems. Um, we haven't even got into the problems yet, so <laughs> we're just talking about. Yeah. Well, at least we're talking about the franchise. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. That is right. So, but I do have a problem with it. Ah, free. Okay. Um, <laughs> And uh, I don't know how other people might feel about this if they enjoy movie music, but I'm not a fan of the score in this film. <gasps> I know. <laughs> Apart from the main theme, I love the main theme, but I, I, I prefer the music to Terminator 2 because I think mm-hmm. Brad Fidel improves as a composer between this one and that one because he does other films as well. And I think as time goes on, he gets better. And I think his score to Terminator 2 is fantastic. But I'm not a huge fan of the score in this one. Do you know what I actually think of when I hear the score in this movie? Mm. Like the whole, um, like the dun 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 mm. That makes me think of Glee. Look, okay, so Glee was a hot mess, okay? Like I, I recently rewatched a couple episodes and it was not a good show at all. It was problematic. Half the cast members have, like, you can't watch it and not think about the fact that, like, so many of them are dead, like, have had legal problems, like, all this stuff. It is, Glee is just, I wouldn't recommend anyone revisit it. But one of the things that I, like, I think the thing I always thought was the most genius on that show Uh is when um, Jane Lynch's character shows up. And usually when she's, like, on a mission to, like, ruin someone's life or Uh something, the music that plays is like like it sounds more like a if i remember correctly more like a high school band playing like it's like you know like drums mm-hmm. but it's that terminator music right. and it's so genius cuz it's like it's pretty mm-hmm. subtle cuz they're not flat out using the score like it's they've you know it's it it's a little different but like they use terminator music when Sue is being awful, mm-hmm. and I love it. But when I was watching it this time, it just kept making me think of Glee. Right. No, I like I like the theme, but I do think that that the score is better in the second film. So that's not a very good problem. But see, this is this is why it's good for us to just go off on other things about the movie because I'm going to guess our problems don't really need much discussion. Yeah, fair enough. So, what's your <laughs> first problem then that we're not going to talk much about? <laughs> so Kyle Reese, um, you know, he he finds Sarah Connor. They run away from the Terminator. They get in a car. He's like, he's got to explain the situation mm-hmm. to her, right? She's really freaked out. She's had a day. Yeah. He's she's like wanting to jump out of the car, mm-hmm. right? 
like, of course, because this guy's been following her and she doesn't know what's going on and he has a gun. He is so mean. Like, the way he talks to her, like, in that situation, you should really be like, look, Sarah, I know you're freaked out. I know this is a terrible situation. But I'm here to protect you. Like, just let me explain, right? And he's just, like, yelling at her and, like, being really scary. Like, the way he's acting towards her, I'm like, that's not how you act towards someone that you're trying to protect and that you want to be, like, calm. Yeah, especially considering he's supposed to be in love with her as well, based on one photograph. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit sort of, as if that's the way you treat someone you're in love with, quote-unquote. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit rough there, Kyle. I think it's good he died. I think he would have been a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> it, fun note, actually. If my sister was born a boy, she would have been called Kyle because of this movie. Because my mum loved the name Kyle. <laughs> that's awesome. Because Specifically because mm-hmm. of this movie? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I understand that he is a bit of a dick, but he has also had a day. He, I mean, like, he at least came into this day knowing the situation. That's true. He, he could have explained it better a, a, to her and been more... Simple. This is a woman who is just, like, she was just trying to do her job. She wanted to, like, go. She's sad that the date got canceled. She wants to go out and, like, just, like, have some pizza and go to a movie. Which, by the way, she is a role model straight up from the beginning. Because it is sad how many people I've talked to who are like, oh, I would never go eat by myself. Or I would never go to the movies by mm-hmm. myself. Sarah Connor is someone who is not going to sit at home moping no. because some guy canceled a date with her on the answering machine. She's going to go out and see a movie and have dinner. And I love that about yeah. her. She's written as the damsel in distress. But mm-hmm. she is really, you know, she's more than that. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can watch it and just sort of poo-poo the idea of oh, she's just this damsel in distress, blah blah blah. She's just she's weak and everything, and she only like mans up and right at the very end. Uh, but I still think she's quite a strong character. A woman, a woman who is going to take herself out like that mm-hmm. is somebody who is tough. Yeah, most men and women aren't super into, like, I'm going to go do this thing by yeah, myself. I like going to cinema by, by myself. I've been such a long time, but I, I do like doing it. I And, and there are circumstances where I will refuse to go with people. Um, you know, I'm a huge Cameron mm-hmm. Crow fan. And when Aloha came out, I knew it was not going to be great. Right. <laughs> um, you didn't want anyone else to see your disappointment live? It's Cameron Crowe, yeah. right? Like, I had to go see it in the yeah. theater. And I took the afternoon off work and took myself to go see it. And Dylan would have seen it with me. He would have been, totally been willing. And it's it's not that I didn't want him to see me mm-hmm. have problems with it. It was almost like it was my work. Right. Like, that if I, if I went and saw it with him, I was going to be embarrassed about what he was watching. Because that's my guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. And it's <laughs> and it's just like it's it's kind of like if you dragged a date to like your friend's band's concert or something and then it turned out your friend's band mm. sucked like it's going to reflect on yeah. you even though that's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing. And there were elements to Aloha that I liked, very small moments. But yeah, I was right to go see it by myself. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Sometimes there'll be, like, I remember, and this is a long time ago, like, Tuck Everlasting, I went to go see it by myself because I basically spent all my time with just a couple different guys and I knew they had no mm-hmm. interest. 
and I knew they'd be willing to go with me if I asked them to. But like, I ha- I don't really want to take have someone go to a movie with me if like they don't have any interest whatsoever. Yeah. So I like it, but it was sad. One time I went to go see that um, Jerry Seinfeld documentary, uh, The mm-hmm. Comedian. I went to go see that in the theater, and it was me and one other guy in the theater. And when it was over, I really wanted to, like, turn to him and be like, what'd you think? Because <laughs> it was like, there were two of us seeing it alone. It yeah. kind of felt like we should you talk about it. it together, but I, yeah. I, th- I think I would do that mm. now. I th- I think if I had that instinct, I'd turn around and do it. But at, like, I was probably, like, 21 at the time. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but I, like, but the thing is, is, like, I've talked to friends where they're just like, I don't know how you could do that. I don't know how you go to the movies by yourself. It's so embarrassing see, or, you know, whatever. Going to the cinema in America is completely different to going to the cinema here. Because we actually go to the movies to actually watch the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in the UK rather than, you know, participate in a crowd and shouting and hollering at the screen. We tend to just sit and watch well, the movie. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why most Americans want to go. It's just that Americans are rude and they talk. Yeah. Um. Although I, I specifically like seeing movies like Marvel movies and stuff, or I would want to go see a Terminator movie in the theater because I like hearing the reaction of the people I around don't. me. Um. Oh, I love it. It Cause like, if you're there on opening night, at like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you're with a crowd that's been so excited, you know, and they're just like, like Captain America, you know, gets Thor's hammer and everyone cheers. And it's, I don't know. It's no, nice. I, I understand that, but you hate people and happiness. I do hate people and happiness, <laughs> but I would just, I also hate noise and people talking over the movie because I just want to watch the movie and I want to listen to the movie. And if there's a, like, a cinema full of people shouting and hollering at the screen, I would just tell them all to shut the fuck up because I'm trying to listen to the damn thing. Like, if I'm talking specifically about something like Endgame, right? Like, and Avengers Endgame is something that, like, if you're going opening night, you've probably been waiting, at, you know, possibly like a decade to see it, right? Mm-hmm. People are quiet. Like, I don't miss any dialogue. Like, if you go opening weekend for something like that, because the people that have mm-hmm. gone opening weekend are usually the people who are like, like, they want to sit there and watch that movie. It's just during the fight right. scenes, people get excited. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. when it gets loud. But they don't. I feel like, look, Americans suck in many ways, but there's not that much talking during movies. Right. OK. There's two movies that I've seen in my entire life where the auditorium has been absolutely packed full. The first one was The Wedding Singer. OK. And because uh, back in the late 90s, UK cinemas would offer a um, good see a movie for a pound. Mm-hmm. So we would go and see a bunch of movies, like see how many films we could see in one day, because it would only cost us a pound each. So mm-hmm. I saw, um, I think it was, I saw Mimic, um, Six Days, Seven Nights, and the wedding singer all on the same day, and um, the wedding singer was later on in the day, so it was full. So, and then the second film I saw that was full was the remake of The Omen okay. because it was opening day, and because of all the advertising that it was released on the six of the six oh six, people were like you know going crazy for it and going to go and see it and all that. And the film's terrible, so that's only two times. Well, I'll tell you this: one of the worst experiences I've had in the theater. Um, because of people making noise. One here, it was Amsterdam. Because you know what? They go, they get high, 
Mm-hmm. They go to the movies. I mean, now it's not now. Now weed is legal so many places. Like it's yeah. not as big a deal. But I mean, I'm talking about like 2003. Um, I don't remember what movie I saw there, but I went with a friend there, and it was like the thing I noticed about Amsterdam is they had more food options than anywhere else I'd been <laughs> in my whole European trip, which I attributed to munchies. Like yeah. my my friend had been had she had been studying um in the UK for like six months and she traveled like all around um on like you know weekends and breaks and stuff and Amsterdam was the first place she found Mexican food um like they, they had everything and we went to the movie theater it was the only movie theater I'd ever been to where they had Pringles and I'd always wondered like why don't they have chips um or crisps whatever you call them crisps. Uh, why why don't they have them in movie theaters? And that was the movie where I realized it's because they crunch real loud. Mm. And that I just remember seeing a movie there. I think it was like the second Charlie's Angels movie. And Oh Phil Throttle. Yeah, and people were talking very loudly in the theater, like literally running around the theater, eating all kinds of food very loud. And I was like, I don't, th- I mean, maybe it was just a, a weird showing, but based on that, I was like, I'm not watching a movie in Amsterdam ever again. Right. Oh, that would, see, I, I would hate that. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would just piss me right off. Yeah, I was, I, I'm still kind of pissed. <laughs> that was 17 yeah. years oh, ago. I couldn't do that at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, when I went over to America, we were going to go to the cinema, mm-hmm. but we never had the chance to. And I always wanted to go to the cinema. Where did you go in America? I was in New York. Lucky I've never been to New York. <laughs> uh, a friend of my mum lives lived there, um, and yeah, we were in Fishkill. Fishkill, New York. <laughs> it's an actual place, Fishkill. All right. It's, uh, yeah, it's next to Albany, I think, mm, if I okay. remember correctly. But anyway... My second problem, <laughs> and I haven't really said a silly problem in a while, um, okay. and I think this is like a perfect um, chance to do it, but this one has actually annoyed me since the 1980s, okay. so I'm glad I can get this off my chest. Right, I love Hanna-Barbera, um, and uh, Sarah's wearing a Jetsons t-shirt, mm-hmm. but George Jetsons hair is black on the t-shirt, and it should be it should be orange. Because he's a he's a redhead, and on the t-shirt his hair is black. Do you think that was a rights thing? That maybe I was just like... going to say, it could <laughs> possibly be a rights thing, yeah, because it doesn't say the Jetsons on it, mm-hmm. but everyone else's hair color is correct. I bet that's what it was. Yeah, but it was probably a rights thing, but it's still really annoying me. <laughs> Do you ever think about the fact that we have an advantage as like people who are like film and TV nerds that mm-hmm. when we see something like that. We can like immediately guess the explanation, mm, yeah. and like because a lot of times I'll hear people complain about things they have no idea why it's happened. Like it's like the Dawson's Creek theme song thing, right? That mm-hmm. like, you know, I've had people be like, "I just don't understand why they would change the song. It doesn't make sense." And it's like, well, there's legal stuff, yeah, and it's, it's it makes perfect sense. It's easier for me to accept when it's like, oh, it's legal stuff, and especially since like. If the DVD sales didn't do well here, of course they changed all the music because music's expensive. And I don't know, like once you've heard the pricing of some songs, it's uh, like even hearing like what it costs when a character quotes several lines of a song, like the song isn't even in it. 
they're just quoting it. It costs yeah. money. Like, but most people don't know these things. So I, I think it, this kind of stuff must drive them even crazier. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's someone out there who's real, really, really angry about this Jetsons shirt. And they will die really angry and not understanding why it happened. Well, uh, that was me. <laughs> um, for a good portion of my life until I learned about rights and stuff. So... <laughs> Because the Jetsons not credited at the end. You know how sometimes it would say it would credit the mm-hmm. rights, you know, ha- copyright Hanna Barbera because we use a picture, but no, it's not there. So, um, yeah. So the Dawson's Creek thing, watching it on V, uh, not VHS, fucking hell, Jimmy, not that's. Uh, so watching it on DVD, and uh, they've changed the songs. So mm-hmm. watching the episode that is sort of focused around the song Imagine. By John Lennon. Yeah. And they can't even use Imagine by John Lennon anymore. Yeah, that stuff really, really frustrates me. There's um, an episode of Roswell where the whole thing is that, like, Max is depressed. And when he's depressed, he listens to Counting Crows. And, like, I think Counting Crows had just had a new album. So they're, like, really promoting this music. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, the version that's out there now it's just the same song over and over. But when it originally aired, it was like two to four different songs. I feel like when, like, that's why I love it when um, something's mentioned and um, someone sings along. Cause then they have to get the rights. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, like on party of five, they go to an REM concert and they got to have that REM music mm-hmm. because REM's there and they're singing it. So, so what's your second problem? I try to do them chronologically, and yeah, so I'm trying to figure too. out, like, I'm trying to figure out wh- which one is actually <laughs> my second problem. I think I'm going to switch them around. So the se- my second problem is actually at the very end of the movie. And mm-hmm. um, that Terminator is not scary. When they get rid of, like, his flesh, <laughs> and it's, like, stop motion, it's awful. And the thing is, is, like, so I, I am against the idea that George Lucas, you know... Like, technology gets better, and he's like, well, I want to go back and change all this stuff in Star Wars, because I can. However, I would fully support James Cameron going back and fixing the Terminator at the end of this movie. because And I and I wouldn't even want him to make it too modern. I would just want it to be a little bit, like, less jerky, right? Like, it would be so much better if it was, like, it is stop motion. It is obvious it is stop Like, it, yeah. it looks awful, and it's not scary. And the Terminator, Terminators are scary. And this Terminator is a joke. But also, they have it, like, when he's still Arnold, he has a limp. Mm -hmm. And when it's just a Terminator, it still has a limp. And that makes it look weird when it's walking, because it's still trying to have the limp. But I still, I like the Terminator, and I like the design. Um, And it's not all stop motion, because, you know, some of it is like an actual genuine, you know, um, Mm -hmm. puppet thing that they had. Yeah, but uh, but I I really like it. Um, it's but it's if you, rough. It, uh, Arnold is scarier. Mm-hmm. Arnold is scarier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he shaved his eyebrows for this. Shaved his eyebrows to not look human. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't. We're not going to get into the whole. Kyle Reese says uh, it could be anyone that <laughs> they made the Terminator to try and fit in with people and then they made them like they made the Terminator an Austrian bodybuilder so it's kind of the, the logistics there is a bit strange 
it makes more sense in the second film when he looks like Robert Patrick. The the yeah. the bad the bad one. But um But yeah um Lance Henriksen who's in this movie, that's actually who James Cameron wanted to be the Terminator. And that makes a lot of sense because he uh looks normal but he still also looks kinda scary. But the studio didn't want him for some reason. Are we are we going to talk about the per- the other person that they considered for Terminator? Yes, let's let's <laughs> let's talk about that. <laughs> they t- considered OJ Simpson, mm-hmm. but thought he seemed too nice, and yeah. that people wouldn't believe him as a killer. But here's the thing: so I was talking to Dylan about this earlier. That the interesting thing is, I think a lot of people go straight to the idea if. He had been Terminator and people didn't think it worked. Later, they'd go back and think it worked because he was a murderer. Oh, I'm allegedly, I think we're supposed to say. Well, That's what Dylan... I don't think we're supposed to even say that anymore, are we? Because he was acquitted, so he's he's legally not. Uh, he Yeah, but he lost a civil True. suit. But, but we all know he did it, so fuck it. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> uh, but... The thing is, if he was the Terminator, he may not have become a murderer because his life would have been different. It's true. This is like, if he was the Terminator, there would be many elements of his life that would be different because his career would have gone a different way. Right? No. It's the butterfly effect. No, I know, but I don't think this movie would have taken off if he was the Terminator. I don't think there would have been a franchise if he was the Terminator. It, whether whether or not it took off, his life would still be different because he would have made different choices. Like, being in this movie would have been a different choice than whatever Possible. he was doing instead. I'm just, say, I'm just saying that if he had done this movie, it may have always seemed silly. Because if it... You know what I mean? No, I understand what you mean. Yeah, and and uh, we'll never know. So no, it's I know. just pure speculation. But I, most of yeah, most I of my thoughts agree. about most things in the world lead to me thinking about other timelines. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Ber- Bernstein Bears and Bernstein Bears. There's okay, a but that's line. real. That oh, that's is real. real. <laughs> I think we all know something <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm not getting into that with you, kids. No. Hey, so... <laughs> what's, your, what's your third problem? Um, right, my third problem is the sex scene. You don't like their sexy sex? <laughs> no, I don't like the sexy sex. Um, because it's it's shot... It's shot like a softcore porn movie. <laughs> and it's shot like someone who maybe at that point hasn't had a lot of sex. Or... <laughs> who <laughs> hasn't, you know, seen a lot of sex. It's just a very weird sort of slow motion Do you think that James Cameron was a virgin when he made this? <laughs> I don't want to speculate. <laughs> I don't want to speculate. Uh, I, and that's not... You know, Dylan, I just realized how many conversations about this movie I made Dylan have with me before he was even fully awake because then I got into a whole thing about whether or not Kyle Reese is a virgin. And I think Kyle Reese was a virgin. You do. Okay. Cause yeah. Dylan, what Dylan didn't think so, but I like to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. So it's Canon. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, think, anyway. I think he was. The I sex scene, like, don't you think at this point they smell really bad? They're, it's going to be vile, especially <laughs> Kyle, who he didn't even have mouthwash before he came into 1984. You know, so whereas yeah. um, Sarah at least had that benefit because she might have, you know, brushed her teeth before going out that night. Do you th- do you think <laughs> they can even get a good shower in 2029? Like a really good shower? Well, not in their 2029. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, so it's not just that he hasn't showered in a couple of days or whatever, it's like he hasn't but it's showered. like. He hasn't had, like, a good... Sh- it's kind of like when I watch Lost, I just think about how smelly they must all be. Yeah. Because even when well. they find water to bathe in, or, like, they find a waterfall or whatever, it's never going to be quite right. No. No. Also, I have a question to pose to you. Um, does Sarah pity fuck Kyle? Is that a pity fuck? I, oh, it might be a little. <laughs> it might be a little. Um. Yeah, I think I think she's sad about the the virgin that has come to save her. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I you know it'd been so long since I seen it I'd forgotten about when they have sex and I was just like you know I'm watching it and I'm like, at, the whole time I'm thinking why would you have sex during this? And once they mm. got the hotel room and like were able to rest a little and stuff, I was like, okay, I maybe get it a little better. But yeah, I found the sex scene to be cheesy. Yeah, it is. And I don't, I don't think it sits right with the rest of the movie. It's no. sort of a, a jarring sort of tonal change. It's just sort of like this horror movie and then we're straight into softcore porn. And there are sex scenes in horror movies, mm-hmm. but they're not like this. They're not trying to be artistic. I think he was trying to be artistic. Do I don't you... know. <laughs> okay, so if the whole premise is that like Kyle Reese is John Connor's father. Uh-huh. And he dies at the end. So, like, they have a very small window (laughs) in which Sarah and Kyle can have sex. Um, Do you think there's really any way they could have filmed this where it wouldn't have felt weird? What, the sex scene? Yeah, sex scene in the middle of, like, what they're dealing with. Well, just not show the sex. Just fade out, fade to black, and then have them lying in bed and then hear the dog bark. (laughs) (laughs) Should I... (laughs) (laughs) that's it the dog barks wakes them up they have Uh, to grab the things and run away need that on a bumper sticker um (laughs) i i just i don't know like even the fading to black like i just don't know there's any way you could put sex in the middle of this movie where it would feel like it like it where it would feel natural where it wouldn't be jarring you know well i think if if you just see them like kissing and then it cuts to whatever the Terminator's getting up to at that particular moment in time. I think at that point it was killing her mother, I think. Was it not? Mm-hmm. It was at the cabin. Probably. Killing. Yeah. The, that's terrible, by the way. <laughs> Let's not forget that. that <laughs> she loses her mother during this movie. Someone we don't see. <laughs> uh, we don't see her body. But she loses yeah. her mother. It's terrible. I... I... You know, I've watched enough TV and movies that if I were in a situation where I'm on the run and I need to keep my location a secret, I would know to never call anyone ever. Yeah, but Sarah was 1984 and didn't really have that. So. Okay, here, here's, here's a problem I have with this movie. This isn't one of my official problems because it was something I read about after because mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about it. Sarah Connor's supposed to be like 18 here, 18, yeah. 19. And the second That's- movie, she, it says she's 18 here, yeah. I don't buy that. She's not. No. Uh, that's just a weird sort of retcon thing to try and make justify the difference. Because 
John Connor's supposed to be 10 in mm-hmm. the sequel. Yeah. Which is set eight years... Well, made eight years after the original, but I think mm-hmm. it's set ten years after the original, which would put it in the future, because it would make it 1994. Isn't, like, isn't Linda Hamilton, like, 28 here? Yeah. I think so I'm is. watching the movie thinking, okay, well, maybe she's, like, you know, 22, 23, 24. Like, that's, yeah. like, the youngest I can imagine. And then I read that she's supposed to be a teenager. It makes no sense. That's bullshit. I don't buy it. There, it's There's no point in doing that. But that's a retcon of the second movie, though. That shouldn't, I, I that understand. shouldn't be said, you know, in against this movie. It should I be, under- you know, say something against James Cameron, because he's the one that wrote it into the second movie, but... <laughs> But no, I understand. It's it's ridiculous. There's no way she's 18 years old. It just annoys me. I know. I know. Unless it meant that she was 18 years old during Terminator 2, which means she's supposed to be 8 here, so that would be even weirder. Well, and then in Terminator 2, I mean, I don't buy that she's like 29 there. No. <laughs> I don't buy any of this. No, because John Connor's supposed to be 10. Mm-hmm. And Edward Furlong was 13. And you can tell because he's gone through puberty making that movie. And his voice <laughs> changes halfway through. And they had to mm-hmm. reshoot certain scenes. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So. Right, so what's your what's your uh, third problem? Have you said not, that? I can't remember. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not going to like it. Okay. Uh, my third problem is that it's not as good as Terminator 2. <laughs> Right. For okay. me. For me. No, for like, you. That's fine. That's okay. <laughs> well, because the thing is, is, you know, the first, like, I've, like I said, I've seen all these movies once, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I watched this movie and I'm like, man, this movie's great. And then I watched Terminator 2 and I'm like, this is so much better than that great movie I just watched. And so going back, I didn't enjoy this as much because, the, th- the but I think the thing for me is that, um, Watching the Terminator movies the first time, I was really frustrated I didn't see them when I was younger uh-huh. because, um, I mean, I argue, you know, that Sarah Connor is tough at least, you know, near the end of the first movie. But, like, in the second one, she's so tough, right? Uh-huh. And it it was – it really – it did a lot for me to watch a woman <laughs> be the lead of this movie and be super tough, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, because that's not something we really got. And James Cameron, problematic as he may be, like, as much as I may not like, you know, his recent work, um, and as much as he, like, in any stories I read, sounds like a total dick, mm-hmm. um, he gave us some strong women. Like, mm-hmm. he he's he's one of those people that's, like, responsible for, for putting some strong women out there into the universe when it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd grown up watching the Terminator movies because I think that I think that would have inspired me. And and so that's one of the reasons I really, really love T2 so much is because you get to see Sarah Connor just like be a badass. Yeah. And and so I think that's the main reason I like it better. I mean, I'd have to watch it again. I I mean, I think it's also I mean, it's funnier. And I, I like to have a little bit of comedy in my movies. This yeah, no, that's really that's fair enough. But I just think that the second one is just too... I don't want to say long. But there's some... that It could... They, instead of making extended editions of it like they did a lot of the time, they should cut it down a little bit. Cut some of the fat out. Uh, there's some stuff that's not really needed, I think. Well, fun fact that I forgot about until just now. 
I've only seen the extended edition of Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the theatrical cut. Yeah, I um, cinemas. We had it. I think Dylan already had it on DVD. Like, for a long time, like, when we first got married and stuff, I was trying to make sure he owned all of his favorite movies from, like, childhood and stuff. Because, you know, I I like having all of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had bought him Terminator 2, but we hadn't actually watched it. And I remember we sat down to watch it, and there's that stuff at the beginning where she's, like, in the, like, what is she in, like, an asylum or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see that video of her um, working out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he he's watching it, and he's like, I've never seen this before. Like, he was realizing that he had never seen <laughs> the version we were watching before. So the version that you were watching would have Michael Bean in it, then? I guess. I mean, once again, I don't remember. It's been so long. But, yeah. I want to see the extended version of this film. Because a lot of stuff was cut out. Because right at the very end, we d- we discovered that they're at Cyberdyne. Um, the factory Cyberdyne. And a, a couple of scientist guys find the arm and stuff. Uh, and that leads directly into Terminator 2. Because Cyberdyne has the arm and um, the microchip from the brain thing. So that would have led straight into that. Also, uh, Paul Winfield's character, Lieutenant Wexler, a lot of his scenes was cut out. Really? Uh, he starts to actually believe Kyle. Mm-hmm. In this version, we see him get shot, and um, and then Lance Henriksen gets shot, and then we don't see Wexler again. But mm-hmm. in the extended version, Wexler actually shouts at uh, Kyle and um, Sarah as they're running out the the station, and he he tells Kyle that he has to protect Sarah at all costs and gives him a gun. So. We don't see him die, but the last thing we see of him in extended version is he actually, you know, he believes it now and mm-hmm. he knows that Sarah must be protected and gives gives Kyle a gun to protect her. And I think that that's, it's more of an arc. And I think it probably would have been better. But, um, but yeah, for some reason they cut it out. I'm really freaked out about having to travel back in time for some reason and no one believing me. This is, like, a legitimate concern I have that I think about way too much. Like, the idea, like, what if you what if you had to travel back in time and no one believes you? What if you wake up and you're in, like, your 13-year-old body? What if you body swap with someone? What if you body swap with a serial killer? <laughs> like, freaky. <laughs> have you seen that? I have. What did yes. you think? Uh, I liked it. I don't think it was great, but I liked it. I, I had a really it. fun time watching it. I did too, but it's not its not something I'll watch again, but I did enjoy it, yeah. Oh, I will watch it again. <laughs> um, my positive, right, I think this is a near-perfect movie because it is just so well-plotted. And there is, like, set-ups and payoffs, and a lot of the situations don't seem too contrived. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, like, the whole stuff with the with Ginger wearing the, the headphones so she can't mm-hmm. hear things, and 
like you would think that that would be contrived, but I, I believe that of Ginger. I believe that Ginger, from what we know of her, from the first time we meet her in the restaurant or whatever it is, that she would do that. So the fact mm-hmm. that she can't hear anything and she doesn't hear the phone and she doesn't hear, you know, the police phone and the stuff like that is all that um, makes sense to me. So I think it's very well plotted in that way. But dude, I just need to mention those headphones suck. Do you remember those headphones? I remember them. I had a pair. They, they definitely do suck. I had like 50 pairs. She would still be able to hear things with those headphones. They broke so easily. Um, like my mom and my mom is really irresponsible with stuff. <laughs> um, she got like, say she would buy like a VHS copy of Forrest Gump, and within a week, the slip cover for it would be completely mm. missing. Um, yeah, and then you'd find it squashed under a bed like five years later. Like she does yeah. not take care of her shit. Um, so our headphones were breaking all the time like i mm. i feel triggered when i see those headphones because i just think about how and, uh, much they suck and then i have some some nice fancy airpods right now and they're just the best thing ever and if you told me i had to switch back to the old headphones I know. that would be such a nightmare i know it wouldn't be good they're horrible they were terrible um but things like um the guy saying fuck you arsehole mm-hmm. to the Terminator at the beginning mm-hmm. and then later on the Terminator obviously has stored that in its memory banks and it says that phrase because it's heard it it says it to the mm-hmm. landlord later and stuff like that, it's just little things like that it's just so well done and I think the second movie doesn't do it as well because there's too much padding in the second movie but I still love the second movie, I'm not saying anything <laughs> against it I just prefer this one because I think this one is more sort of compact. Um, and just to talk about the guys at the beginning, I wonder how the the, the third guy, the punks, mm-hmm. I wonder how that guy feels um, because of the career the other two punks had. And that poor guy who no one recognises. Who was uh, the other one besides Bill Paxton? Hey, oh, Christ, what's his name? Um, he was in Buffy. Uh, he was in the pilot to Buffy and he was also in X-Files and he was the judge in Buffy as well but I can't remember oh okay Brian something or other Brian Thompson Brian Thompson yeah okay yeah 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 Yeah. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like okay yeah I know exactly who you're talking about and also he also seems to be the guy who isn't really punk he doesn't seem to care about punk because one guy has the mohawk and uh, Bill Paxton has a tire tread down his face for some reason, but then but then uh, Brian Thompson's character is just dressed normal and just looks normal. He has a hundred and four credits. What the the other did? Brian Thompson. Oh, Brian Thompson. No, yeah, the other guy doesn't have that. I, I have I've heard people complain about Sarah Connor in this movie because she isn't a badass. And it's like, but she's not supposed to be a badass. Yeah. It's not bad writing that she's not a badass. It's just that she has to go through this journey and then become that and swear at the Terminator at the end. She has to be tough in that particular moment in time. I mean, she's tough all the way through. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really take her that long to believe Kyle. She's, you know, she's kind of like, yeah, you know what? 
yeah, I kind of believe it. But, um, yeah. So what's your positive? Oh, funny story. Um, I spent so much time trying to think of problems. You didn't never think once of occurred to me to think of a positive. So I guess I guess I'll actually. Uh, I mean, I guess the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, James Cameron's a really good writer. Um, I I used to be really upset about the fact that you know he did these, he did True Lies, like you know he he was making these great movies, and then it's like Titanic. I mean, it's a well-made movie. Look, I I saw it in the theater opening weekend, and I was dating a gross boy who kept trying to make out with me the whole movie. So, like, honestly, I need to give that movie another shot. I don't like um, Titanic, so I well, I like I, half of Titanic. I, yeah, I need to I need to give it another shot, and I don't by any means think it's a bad movie. No, I just although I I but like it's just not for me. No. It's not my kind. of I thing. like the second and, half of that movie. And I will say the first time I saw, well, I say the first time I've only seen Avatar once, although earlier this year in the before times before COVID, um, I was at a bar and Avatar was on the TV and I caught part of it and I was like, oh, this is Avatar Um, because it wasn't great. When I saw it, I went with a group of friends and I loved it. Um, you know, it was the first like 3D movie, mm-hmm. right? Like the first big 3D movie, like real 3D. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like things were floating in front of me. I'm trying to grab them because it's so realistic. Mm-hmm. I was quite taken by it. And we leave the theater and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have such a great conversation about what a great movie this is, right? And my friends all hated it. <laughs> And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, should I hide that I loved it? And as we're talking about it and they're giving the reasons for hating it, I'm like, oh, my God, they're right. <laughs> like, I was so taken by the 3D of it all. I think that's what James that Cameron was hoping for, to be honest. <laughs> like, and, and that's the problem with him thinking he needs to make a bunch of sequels. Mm-hmm. Because if what people liked was the 3D, and at this point, like, I, I haven't been to see a 3D movie in years. I, I've seen enough to get out of my system. I think the last one I saw was Harold and Kumar 3D. Mm-hmm. Because why not, right? Yeah. Like, why not see Harold and Kumar in 3D? There's lots of jokes about 3D, which is a sign that it's kind of over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's a cool experience, but I don't need it. Um, <laughs> anyway, my whole point is, Cameron Crowe hasn't made anything I've been into in over 20 years. Right? Like, anything's... <laughs> okay. Anyth- or, or, sorry, James Cameron. I was just saying, when do we get to Cameron Crowe again? That's- <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Because I will get to Cameron Crowe. I will get to Cameron Crowe. Because here's the thing. What I realized, because I used to be so bitter about it, that James Cameron hadn't made anything I liked in, like, 20 mm-hmm. years. And I realized Cameron Crowe hasn't made anything I loved in almost 20 years, too. And then I think about like, but Cameron Crowe barely makes movies. But he makes them uh, <laughs> every few years, or every like five years or so. He takes a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and we bought a zoo. I think is a very good family film. Mm-hmm. It's a very well made film. I don't think it's very flawed. It's not the kind of Cameron Crowe movie I mm-hmm. like. And I realize, and then I look at like Buffy and Angel. Like, you look at what Joss Whedon's done over the years, and I just realized. Maybe dudes are just like really good at the beginning of their career, and then later they change. Mm-hmm. There's something pure that's not there anymore. Maybe maybe they they now have more money to work with, and there's something about being more limited, like not being as powerful, where you have to be more creative, or or like 
not having as much time as you do maybe when you're you're more established and you can kind of get what you want from the studios and i'm just like i need to let go of the fact that when i love a bunch of stuff someone does that i assume i'm going to continue to love everything they do yeah and then i'm deeply disappointed in them (laughs) when they don't follow through with those things i loved early (laughs) on and i realized that's that's what um james cameron is is that like i like this part of his career Mm -hmm. And then I'm done with him. Yeah. Before we go, I just want to mention... Oh, by the way, I think uh, Pugsley, the, Pugsley the iguana... I hope someone adopted Pugsley because she doesn't go back for him. <laughs> oh. You, do you think Pugsley survives? I hope so. I hope okay. it went to a good home. But the real hero of the movie is the garbage truck driver at the start. Okay. Because he just gets the fuck out of there right away. And we never yeah. see him again, and hopefully he quits smoking cigars and lives a long and fruitful life. So, yeah. Let's the hope true COVID hero didn't get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh no, he's probably dead long before COVID. <laughs> With all those cigars he was smoking. Uh, right. So, that's all we have time for. Uh, if you'd like to follow the podcast, it's at DropThePilotPod. Uh, it's just for all the podcasts. Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact shiftybench.co.uk is where you can send us feedback. Uh, tell us what one you prefer, Terminator or Terminator 2, which one of us is right. Uh, <laughs> where can people follow you on the internet, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Um we just released our first episode in almost a year. Yay! Um, so we actually do have recent con- uh, content. And uh, at Closer to Free Pod uh, on Twitter as well. And that's my Party of Five podcast. Excellent. Uh, thank you all for listening. We'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.